The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Big battle off of turn four here. The oh, and into the wall the goes Bubba Wallace. And he comes back across the track, tags the five. Put your head back, put your head back. They're both in the wall, the caution comes out. Clips a 20 car of Christopher Bell. Christopher Bell hard into the outside wall. Well, if that wasn't intentional, I don't know what was. He had a reason to be mad, but his race wasn't over until you know, he retaliated. Bubba walked up to put his arms out like, what the heck happened? And then he gave Kyle Larson a big shove that actually Kyle not knocked Kyle Larson back into his car. He knows. He knows that what he did was wrong. Uh, he wanted to question what I was doing. He never cleared me. There's always unintended consequences when something like this happens. Christopher Bell was a part of that. Clearly a Toyota teammate and a playoff driver. Your reaction to that? Sports. And with that, welcome to NASCAR America Motor Mouse with Kim Kuhn, Kyle Petty. I am Marty Snyder. Big smile on Kyle's face because sports, he knows. Sports. There you go. We have a busy show today. Reactions to the Bubba Wallace suspension, who will not race in Miami this weekend. He will be back at Martinsville. I'm sure you guys have your opinions. We'd love to hear them at 844-NASCAR-NBC. You can also tweet us as well. Also coming up on the show today, Josh Berry, the first driver in the championship for in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. We'll talk to the junior motorsports driver coming up in a bit. Also, Mike Bagley from Sirius XM NASCAR Radio Channel 90, host of the Morning Drive. He will be here as well to share his thoughts on all the things going on in the NASCAR world. So you guys are already lighting up the phone line, so we appreciate that. KP, let's give the ladies the floor. Yes. Oh, okay. So, uh, Kim, we'd love to get your thoughts. Bubba Wallace penalty, right? Wrong call by NASCAR. What do you think? I think it was the right call to suspend him. Now, you can debate on, is he suspended enough races? Mm -hmm. I think, yes, in this instance, he is, because it's going to be very apparent when he's not racing at Homestead this weekend. And if, you know, there are future incidents, there's opportunities to have longer suspensions. But with all the attention that has been put on the safety and the fact that we have two drivers out with concussions, a third driver out with an injury... So much focus on the next-gen car and the safety elements and the drivers clamoring for it. It was absolutely a must to suspend him for at least one race for that on-track incident, in my opinion. Kyle, your thoughts? Marty, my friend, there's so <laughs> many layers to this onion. Oh, yeah. We Go could ahead fry it. Peel the first one. We could deep fry it and sell it at Outback, okay? <laughs> it's a blooming onion. Let me just tell you. So here's the thing. So I, I disagree a little, and, and, oh. and this is what I say. He should have been suspended for the rest of the year. Wow. Rest okay. of the year. Okay, he drives for Denny Hamlin, who has been vocal about safety. His teammate, the only reason he's in the 45 car, 
is his teammate's career was all but ended because of an accident in this car that the drivers has vocalized that it needs to be safer. He turns a guy in the right rear into the outside wall intentionally, steering brake, that's laughable, okay? Turns a guy into the outside wall, then walks across the racetrack. First, you intentionally wreck somebody. That's a suspension. He's walking across the racetrack and cars are going by him on both sides. That's not safe. Mm -hmm. That should be another suspension. Physically confronts a driver, shoves him. That's a physical confrontation. If I do that on the sidewalk, I'm in handcuffs somewhere, okay? So he physically confronts this driver, shoves an official, doesn't get in an ambulance, walks back to the pits, and then stands in bold face, tells a fib, I'm being nice, <laughs> to my man here, Marty Snyder, who did a great job in your interview. Thank I will you, give you that. Um, so the lesson should be the rest of the year, just the rest of the year. And that's, that's just me, okay? Um, my man, Matt Kenseth, who didn't speak to me for almost a year after his accident with Joey Logano, got two races. So you can turn a guy right side, driver's side into the wall at 180 miles an hour, and you get one. Oh, yeah, and by the way, we won't see um, on the same day the juxtaposition of the 18 crew chief and pit crew who get four-week suspension for a tire rolling down pit road. Mm. But let me go back. It's okay to spin a guy and knock him into the wall, and you only get one. Th that is The optics of that for NASCAR and the optics are not good. They're just not good. Um, he should have at least gotten the rest of the year. I'm sorry. It's a bold take. So some very strong comments. Kevin Harvick saying, I hope this is the yes. beginning of the end of this. Joey Logano with some extremely strong comments, very strong. Uh, comments on the, the morning drive to Mike Bagley. who will be on with us in a moment. And Pete Pistoni saying, quote, that could have ended the uh, career of Kyle, Kyle Larson's career. To me, that is what was on the line or his life. That is what uh, the worst spot to get hooked in the right rear and into the corner. So to your point, Kyle, is that what really sets you off is the fact that crew chiefs, crew members are leaving a wheel loose and getting yeah. four races. And this is only a one race suspension that it is, in okay, your opinion, so, too light. So, yes, I think it's too light. Okay. This was, this was an intentional act. They didn't leave that wheel off intentionally. They didn't. Okay. They, they, did, they did not get it on in time. They did not. They were like, oh, we're going to run over there. And we're going to leave this wheel off. And we're going to get four weeks vacation. That was not intentional. What he did was intentional. Okay? You, he can say the steering broke, but he never lifted off the accelerator at the same time he drove back down the racetrack, you, whatever, whichever way you want to go. This was an unprofessional move. What we saw out of Kyle Larson was a champion and a professional reaction to the situation. The way he backed away from, from Bubba, the way he, inter your interview with him, another good interview, Marty, the way you interviewed him and the things he had to say. But what bothered me is I have driven race cars. To get hooked in the right rear is so freaking intentional. It, it just, you have no, no recourse, no chance to recover. So at that point in time, Kyle Larson's along for the ride. The way the car spun, the way it hit the 20 car, it, it goes driver's side in, driver's side in. We've seen, again, you've seen Kurt Busch and we've seen uh, Alex Bowman. They backed in, and they're not here right now. Mm -hmm. They're not driving because of concussions. This could have been the season ending, if not a career-ending accident for, for him. Could have been. And I don't want to get into ifs and sure, buts and candy yeah, and nuts, yeah, yeah. okay? Yeah. But, but 
at this speed, at this place. That was that was un, unintentional, intentional, whichever way you see it out there, people, whichever way you see it, it's wrong. And it should have been four weeks. But I guess the question, Kim, is will the message be received in the garage? Will, I, to Kevin Harvick's point, this be the beginning of the end of it? I would like to think that. I just don't know. Based on what Bubba did in this moment, Bubba has been in this sport for a long yeah. time, and he's been in the Cup Series a while, and he clearly cannot control his emotions. So in that snap second decision-making, are these drivers thinking about a, in this case, you know, Kyle has a yeah. good point, a one-race suspension. I don't think that's on the table when they're making quick decisions depending on the driver. I think for some drivers, yeah. it is a wake-up call, and, and they wouldn't probably do that to begin with. I, I see this yeah. happening again in the future, yeah. and, and it's not because – NASCAR hasn't made a point. It's just because they're making decisions at fractions of seconds and, on top of that, emotions tied to those decisions. Yeah. And they're, listen, and we have yet to hear from Bubba, okay? Well, he did send out an apology. Uh, 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 uh. His PR yeah, people yeah. sung out, sent out an apology. Okay. Okay? And, and they should win a Pulitzer Prize for it because it is so full of you-know-what. Um, there, there's, there's no way. This is unbelievable. Yeah, you know, it, it just is. Um, until I see what Bubba has to say and see if there's some contrition, if there's some, some, you know, I'm, I'm sorry this, this should have never happened, but we have yet to hear from the man. We have yet to hear from the man. You see a piece of paper with writing on it. That's all I see. I don't see anything. Sack up and come apologize, okay? I hate to say that, but in an incident like this, there needs to be more than just a written note here uh, with that origami logo on the bottom of it. Um, and and, and it, it, he needs to say something. So so what you're saying is one race suspension is not enough. Is it enough to send the message to the garage? No. It's kind of my point. No. Listen, I don't believe it sent a message to Bubba Wallace. Okay? They, you have yet, he has yet to convince me that he got the message. Have you seen anything that says he's got the message? Other than his, other than his tweets. Other than, no. wait a minute, wait a minute. Other than the tweets that were sent out on his Twitter account. Okay. Which you do not know if he sent those that's, out. That's my point. Correct. That's right. my point. Okay. That, right. that, and, and, and in essence, that's my point right there. These showed up on his Twitter account, but nowhere does it say that Bubba Wallace sent these out. Nowhere has Bubba Wallace said that he's apologized. Nowhere have we heard from Bubba Wallace or anybody else that we believe has spoken to Bubba Wallace. We see a black piece of paper with white writing. That's all we see on a Twitter account that has Bubba's name on it. That's not an apology for me. Mm, interesting stuff. So, you know, NASCAR said that they did not really take into account him approaching Larson on a hot racetrack. Should that have been taken into account? I think, yes. Him walking on a hot racetrack with cars yes. going by, something should have been done. Does that lead to an additional week of suspension? That's here nor there. Something needed to be done, whether it was points, a points penalty, whether it was a fine. That behavior is unacceptable. It puts Bubba in dangerous. It yeah. puts drivers in dangerous. It puts safety officials in dangerous. Now, the thing that I'm going to say is I didn't have a problem with him confronting Kyle. I think at a certain point, it has to be, you know, kind of drivers have, boys have at it. And obviously, we don't want people hurt. And had there been media around or other people that could have gotten hurt in that I don't even know if we can call it an altercation because yeah. Kyle was very hands-off. Yes, he did he was. treat it like he, a champion. Yes, he he did. was um, definitely more of a uh, peacemaker than a fighter there. 
to me, that didn't bother me as much as him walking on a green hot racetrack. Yeah, and this is that's an insult to go to go fist bump your team. That's an insult too. After you just took a guy out, that's an insult. It's an insult to the sport. That's an insult to Kyle Larson. That's an insult to everybody. Uh, to push the official and and listen, I'm going to say this. Listen, I'm out on this limb. I might as well cut it off. NASCAR deserves some some blame on this too. Forty five seconds from the time he got out of the car that he walked across that racetrack, mm. across that grass. Do you see any NASCAR officials trying to stop him? Do you see any NASCAR officials trying to intervene? And so this wouldn't happen on, on our network, on NBC, so the confrontation wouldn't take place? No, I didn't see anything. You see that in an NFL game? You see that in an in in, in NHL game? No, the referee is there. The official is there on the scene. When somebody charges the mound, the umps are headed that direction. Did you see any? I didn't see any. So let me ask you this. You say that you feel like the one-race suspension doesn't really sink in with Bubba, in your opinion. Yeah. Will it sink in when the field rolls off without him on Sunday? That Only Bubba Wallace can answer that question. I, I will say that. Only Bubba. There's nothing worse, and, and every race car driver will tell you the same thing. Kurt Busch would tell you the same thing. There's nothing worse than being a race car driver and watching somebody else drive your car. Mm-hmm. Nothing worse. Nothing more painful, nothing that hurts your heart more, nothing that just crushes your soul worse than mm. watching somebody drive your race car. So <laughs> if, if it doesn't sink in Sunday, then it's never going to sink in. But only Bubba can answer that question. I want to go back to the summer, Kim, and the Noah Gregson incident with Sage Karam at Road America. They're clearly two different incidents. You know, I mean, you're hooking someone at yep. 170 miles an hour versus wrecking a lot of cars. But how is, in your opinion, is it different what happened with Noah Gregson versus what happened with Bubba Wallace? This is where we get into a lot of gray area because they they are different. It's much different at a high-speed racetrack when you're going 180 miles per hour and you intentionally get them in the right rear than it is when you're on a road course. Granted, there was a lot more carnage in that case with Noah Gregson uh, and what he did. Either way, it's unacceptable from a driver character standpoint, but you do get into a situation where, you know, you can't necessarily compare them. They're a little bit, in my opinion, apples to oranges. It's like people getting their tempers flared and bumping and banging at at a short track. We Mm -hmm. think of that completely different than we do at a high-speed racetrack where we know the outcome, if you get yourself into the wall, can be detrimental to a driver's health. Yeah, and that's a great point. That's great. In so many ways, they're similar, though. I, I will say that. Bubba and, and Noah both lost their minds. They lost their minds for a split second in these cars. They lost their mind. With a vehicle, that could cause carnage. Um, and, and it became a weapon. It goes from being a vehicle to a weapon, to a weapon of revenge, to a repen, weapon of retaliation. And, and when you look at that, then that's wrong no matter where you're at. That's wrong at 55 miles an hour on a short track. That's wrong at 190 miles an hour on a big track. That's wrong. I think you, you, people viewed this different, okay? And they view it different in a lot of ways because it's a lower series. It's a different series. Mm-hmm. This is cup. This is, the, this is the pinnacle. You're supposed to have your crap together when you get here, okay? You're supposed to represent. You're supposed to be the cream of the crop, the top of the heap. You are the sharp end of the stick. And this looks like Saturday night racing at high speeds. So I, I think that's one reason it's different for me. But the other thing is that the, the circumstances 
that surround this car this year and with the and brain the conversation and, currently and, and the conversation that is in the media that is in the drivers we just had a driver team meeting the week before in the garage area to speak of concussions and the safety of the car and the evolution of a car and one of the guys that was sitting in that room that had a voice in that room goes out and does this that's where it's different that's that's the big separation that, that separates the two events so will this and should this stop another competitor from spinning someone else out at Martinsville, let's say, where it's clearly less dangerous, where the entertainment value is just, that's part of Martinsville. You beat and you bang and you knock other cars out of the way. Should that be deterred moving forward? Because to me, I don't want to, I don't want to lose that part of the sport. Yeah. So here's what I'm going to, here's what I will say. I I think it will deter. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because we see this in this sport all the time. All right. You see it in inspection. Okay, so what I'm saying is, is a guy will, one guy gets caught with, with an illegal bumper, mm-hmm. then the next guy gets caught, then the next guy, because NASCAR is looking at the bumper, whatever it may be. This is the way it used to be, not right. with this car, but this way. So my point is, now NASCAR is looking for this. Now NASCAR is looking for people who intentionally rub, who intentionally spin, who intentionally wreck people. So if you go to Martinsville with that in mind, NASCAR is watching right now. It's on their radar screen. It wasn't on their radar screen. Bubba put this on their radar screen. So I, I think you, you, it will be in a driver's mind. It will be in a driver's mind as we go to Martinsville this time because it's only two races until we get there from when this incident happened. Nobody wants to go to Martinsville and get in this situation and be suspended from the last race of the season. Of course season. not. Yeah. So, that's, that, I, so I believe, yes, that drivers will. It may not be forefront, but it will be somewhere trickling around there. Let's go to the phone lines at 844-NASCAR-NBC. Linda is on the line. Linda, what's on your mind? And uh, let's chat about uh, the Bubba Wallace and NASCAR issues there. Go ahead. Uh, Well, I actually have a question slash concern. As far as the penalty, I understand that NASCAR uh, said that the penalty, the suspension, was because of the intentional um, wrecking of Larson. They didn't address the, the... him going across the live track or the incident with the official um and by not doing so does that if it happens again at another race a, a driver just you know doesn't get in the ambulance immediately or you know, shows an official or whatever does that mean that that doesn't get addressed either because it's a clear violation of the rule also as far as Bubba, after that with Larson, him shoving him, he didn't know that he could have possibly been injured or had a concussion. So that would seem to me like that would have been more dangerous to be shoving on someone that could have been injured. Hmm. Good point, Good Linda. Point. And I think that was your point. We saw yeah. Steve O'Donnell, Good what point. he said from NASCAR, Ken. That was your point, that, that that should have just been addressed. Is that what, Was that what you were trying to say? Just moving forward so you don't have that situation yeah. happen. Yeah, it, it will absolutely not keep them from addressing it in the future. If we see drivers on a hot racetrack walking, you know, willy-nilly doing what they want, I think in the future we'll definitely see drivers penalized for this. I think because the on-track incident took so much precedent and what they were doing was focusing on that and putting their direction towards that and saying this is really what is the most important, that we're not having other drivers put – drivers at risk of yeah. serious injury. I think almost by like not addressing the walking on the hot racetrack, they're focusing even more attention on how mm. bad it was for Good Bubba point. to, to yeah. get into right. Kyle Larson's right rear. Okay. 
Let's go to Barry, who's on the line at 844-NASCAR-NBC. Barry's in Florida. What's on your mind, Barry? Well, I got a short and sweet one uh, regarding the Bubba thing. Uh, when uh, First off, let me say, I don't want it to get like F1, where if the stewards see an infraction, and I'm talking about just rubbing, uh, you know, they'll issue somebody a five-second time penalty, which they serve in a pit stop, or they tack it on at the end of the race, right. which will change yeah. the standings. But as far as the Bubba thing goes, uh, when they suspend a driver for that kind of an infraction, I think they should suspend the car as well. No substitute driver, and that would definitely send a message to the sponsors who will definitely have very mm. kind words for their associates. What do you think about that? What do you think about that, Kyle, if the driver that's and the, good, and the car were suspended? That, that's a good point. Now, here's, here's the counter to that. The, the counter to that is that the guy sitting on the pit box and the guy that changes the right rear and the guy back at the shop who sweeps the shop and the guy who washes the truck had nothing to do with Bubba losing his mind. Had nothing to do with it. Okay? They're innocent bystanders. Um, just as a sponsor is an innocent bystander. You just happen to be on the car that week. That car's had a number of sponsors. So they just, McDonald's just happened to be on the, on the car that week. So I, I, I understand what he's trying to say, but I don't think you can go that deep into a suspension with, mm. with this. Um, because I just don't think that, that the team, even though it's a team sport, you know, and, 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 and you look at it that way, I don't think they had anything to do with that. Too much at stake, I would think, yeah. for an entire race But also, team. doesn't it make a Money. driver think, well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would... think <laughs> 10 times over not to do it again if that were yeah. the case? I think Maybe. certainly that would, yeah. that would clearly send a message, yeah. although I think sponsors might not like that yeah. uh, very much at all. Hey, when we come back, let's turn our attention back to the racing. The second race of the round of eight, Homestead-Miami this week, weekend. Coming up next, the Bagman, Mike Bagley from Sirius XM NASCAR Radio Channel 90. In the morning drive, he'll join us next here on Muttermouse. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
As you can see, Race for the Championship now streaming on Peacock. New episodes every Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern on USA. I want to welcome in our buggy, Mike Bagley from the Morning Drive Series, XM Radio, NASCAR Channel 90. So, Bagman, after Sunday, have you guys gotten below 95% of your calls being about Bubba Wallace yet or not? No. No, it was still 100%. We did have a Ross Chastain call this morning. Oh, good. Which was a breath of fresh air, a very brief uh, bit of fresh air. But, yeah, we have one call about Ross Chastain today. Everything else, Bubba Wallace. I'm Whoa. sure it is. Uh, so Kyle was very adamant. One race, not enough. What do the fans think? Well, the fans, it depends on who you talk to. Uh, some fans think that they got it right. Uh, some folks think that they didn't go enough. And then there's some folks think that they went to a point but could again gone further because of what wasn't mentioned. And I heard Kim talking about it earlier, uh, the walking across the hot track. Um, the topic of the suspension came up, but what seemed to catch the race fans' attention is there seemed to be nothing done as far as bubble walking across the hot track and also uh, the intervention or the rejection of assistance from one of the safety workers. So that seemed to be the pulse, but it's been all Bubba all the time on Sirius XM NASCAR Radio when we've gone to the phones. Well, I want to post to you what Marty posed to KP and I is, is a one-race suspension enough to stop other drivers from doing the same thing? Kim, only the drivers know that. Uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a great question. But I've, I've been thinking a lot about this. You know, we, we have had what has been perceived to be drivers behaving badly. William Byron, Denny under caution. You've got the Bubba. You've got the Kyle Larson thing. You know, boys have at it came up uh, going all the way back to that Robin Pemberton uh, conversation from years and years gone by. And, and Kyle, I'll throw this out to you. So we saw NASCAR that once ruled with a fist like this, right? And then yep. they opened that fist up. And that's where the boys have at it came in. But we're seeing drivers now have to be reined in. Or could we see this fist go closed again? Could we see maybe NASCAR having to crack down on stuff? Because it would seem that right now the competitors are putting the sanctioning body in that position. You know, that's a good question. Um, I always thought boys had at it was a BS PR line, to be totally honest <laughs> with you. Okay, so sorry. That was just something to grab ratings again. But um, because, because it really didn't, it didn't change. Basically, boys had edit was, we're not going to make any calls. That's what boys had edit was, have edit was. So I, I look at this, and that, that's a good question. But I think there's, it's, it's, it's a different time. It's a different place. And we have a driver's council. We have the RTA. We have, um, we have TV. We have NASCAR, we have so many different groups, and their agendas are all rotating around each other right now. If you, if you talk to, to the, if you see what the owners say, we need more money. If you see what the drivers say, we need more safety. If you see what TV says and what NASCAR is trying to do. And the problem with what happened here is it's bad timing for everything. It's just bad timing for everything to have an event like this happen. And the car, there's been so much talk about the safety of the car. That's why there's been the reaction from Joey Logano. That's right. why there's been the reaction from Kevin Harvick. Is, so I don't think we've, we're seeing a tightening by, by that. I think we're seeing comments by the drivers to say, help us. 
Help us make this car safer so that we can go back to maybe your boys have at it, whatever that really means. But right now, we went to Talladega, okay, a place notorious for the big one and saw guys just fall in line. And I don't think that's a coincidence. I don't think it's a coincidence that we saw guys fall in line and not get overly aggressive with this car, with this car at this point in time in the season. I think once this car is fixed, we'll see some different racing again. But I, I, don't, I don't think it's a tightening of the, of, of the fist again right now. Not, not yet. So, Baglin, let me, let me ask you this. How do you think Bubba Wallace, so this is what you and I and Pete talked about in the morning drive this morning, how does Bubba Wallace react to this? How does he show up at Martinsville, and, and does he lose some of that edge that he's had all summer long? I think Bubba can show up to Martinsville and not lose the edge, but not necessarily put a bubble around himself either. I mean, listen, it wasn't it wasn't a case of NASCAR just suspended him a race for a bump and run. All right. He dove to the bottom of the racetrack in the gas, whacked the guy in the right rear. As Kevin Harvey said years ago, you hit me in the left rear, that's racing. You hook me in the right rear, that's when the gloves come off. That's that's one of those no-nos. You just don't do that. That was an intentional act. You can go out there, move somebody out of the way. You can go out there and race, but just don't go out there and 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 come unhinged and turn somebody into the wall. I think what's next for Bubba Wallace is up to Bubba Wallace. Obviously, he's been told that what happened Sunday was unacceptable. Bubba has had to answer to a lot of people. He's had to answer to the sanctioning body. He's had to answer to Denny Hamlin. Michael Jordan, Toyota, McDonald's, a list of sponsors, and anybody else who wanted to get their thoughts in. It's only Bubba's decision what Bubba does. And I think the defining moment in this comes with what's next. To me, it's not about how many races did he get suspended, how much money did he get, how many points did he get. But what does Bubba Wallace do with this next will determine if he's able to become that mature race car driver that a lot of us want him to be. This is a learning opportunity. The message is there. Don't do this again. If you do it again, you do it at your own risk. But I think right now it's all up to Bubba in what he makes of this and how he addresses it and also how he races and how he treats people going forward as far as keeping his cool on the racetrack. Okay, so let me ask you this. You, you list a, a long list of people that Bubba has answered to. Um, do you think he's answered to the fans? Well, I brought it up this morning on the show, Kyle, because – that's the period of, or the, the, um, the, the group of folks that he's not answered to yet. I'm talking about the fans, and I brought these fans up in particular. Yes, he has fans everywhere. What about the fans that paid their money to see him race this weekend and can't because of what he did last week? There are people that are going to be in that grandstand on Sunday that bought a ticket because they wanted to see Bubba Wallace. Either they had saved their money up for vacation, going to Florida when everywhere else is cold, or... They had saved up because we want to see Bubba one more time before we go into the offseason. And they're not going to be able to do that. I mm-hmm. do think that That's he needs point. to answer yeah. to the fans. And I think that the fans should get a response to that as well. I feel bad for those fans, especially the ones that made that or are going to make or were going to make that special trip to South Florida to see him this weekend. And they can't. That's a great point. That's a really good great point. point. One Mike. more before we let you get out, get out of here. We have Josh Berry coming up in just a minute. So I'm going to turn the tables on you and ask you what you asked me this morning. What story, <laughs> oh in your opinion, is not being talked about right now that needs a little more, that needs a more <laughs> ranking on the publicity chart? Yeah. I think that one of the things that I, we're not going to be able to fully embrace is just how 
weird and out of the box this whole racing season has been. About the time you get your arms around this thing, something will happen. I'll go back to when Joey won at Darlington. You couldn't find him the following weekend at Kansas. You've had other drivers that will win one or two or have good runs, and then they evaporate. Going into Vegas this weekend, we were looking for Toyotas to rule the roost. Didn't do it. Did not do it at all. It was Ford that actually took over and won the race. We've had a tremendous year of inconsistency. I think those inconsistencies continue this weekend. We're going to attract third race from the end of the season. We haven't even raced that yet. Yeah. We're still answering questions, and the season's almost over. And I think that we're going to look back on this season, and through all the twists and turns and the ups and downs, it'll be one of the more puzzling seasons that we've had on record. I told Bagman yeah. this morning, it's like we're doing a news segment yeah. before we, in every pre-race show before yeah. we yeah. actually get to Listen. talking about the race. To, You've talked about that yeah. for four weeks, Kyle. Yeah. To, me, to me, this year has been like, so when I was in first grade in Miss Morgan's class, okay, <laughs> oh, okay, this is what this year's, yeah, this year's, this is what this year has been like. It's been like playing musical chairs, okay? Yeah. When the music stops at the end of the day, somebody else is left without a seat. And yeah. that's the way it's been. A guy shows up and he gets a seat one Crazy. week and the next week he's out of the game. And that's the way it's been all year long. Does that make the championship more or less yes, valuable? No, no, I don't think it makes it more less valuable. Okay. Not at all. Not at all. I think you've got to be right place, right time. And that's the deal. Joey Logano wins and moves on. Has he peaked too soon? That's the question. Has he That's the question. Yeah, I know, exactly. All right, Bag Man, look forward to listening to you and Pete tomorrow on the morning yes. drive, Sirius XM NASCAR Radio Channel 90. We're in your old stomper grounds this weekend, Bag Man, Woo, South yeah. Florida. You know? That's right. Can't wait to get there. Appreciate you all. Thank you so much. Send restaurant recommendations, Yeah, I was going to say, Thanks, make dude. some reservations for us, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's the bag man, Mike Bagley, joining us there. KP, let's check out the playoff standings for the Cup Series as we head into Miami. Middle race here in the round of eight. Yeah, listen, I'm excited about this. And as long as we're talking retaliation, Ross, Ross Chastain, <laughs> second in points, 18 plus. Yes, I see it right there, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Lord. But honestly, you, you look at this. Christopher Bell was the big loser out there. Caught up in that in, in that mess. Ryan Blaney had a great day, threw it away. Uh, but we look at this, this still so close, man. With two races to go, these, these points are crazy, man. Joey Logano is the only guy sleeping out of this group. Speaking of Christopher Bell, Cooper's on the line at 844 NASCAR NBC. Uh, Cooper has a Christopher Bell question. Cooper, what's your question about Christopher Bell? Yeah, I was just wondering. Uh, I already forgot. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I think his question was, how would you react in this situation if you're Christopher Bell? Right, yeah. Cooper? Yep. How would you react if you were Christopher Bell in this situation? Or how would you react? How would NASCAR react if Christopher Bell even got hurt in this situation? Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. point. I, Talking about the Bubba Wallace yeah. situation. And, and from what I'm told, Bubba did apologize face-to-face to Christopher Bell because I know they had to fly home on the same yeah. airplane yeah. on Sunday evening, Kyle. Yeah. And, and I read that, too. Um, I, I did see that. But, you know, that's... Listen, when you're running for the championship, an apology means nothing. Uh, you know what I mean? It, it, it doesn't heal it. It doesn't take the, the hurt away. It doesn't take the pain away and the madness away and the frustration away um, for he or Adam Stevens, sure. uh, for that team. Uh, this is one of Toyota's best shots to win the championship this year. Maybe their best Yeah, shot. I know we keep talking Denny Hamlin, but this team right here, man, just keeps doing magic. Uh, and listen, there's two more races in this round. So they can recover. I will say that, but you got to feel bad for Christopher. He points out two races in this round, Kim, but do they have to really make it happen this weekend in Miami? I'm not sure Martinsville is maybe 
Bell's best shot well, to go out and win. Well, nobody wants to go into Martinsville having to win, based on what we saw earlier. <laughs> no offense. Yeah. Based on what no, we no, saw earlier right, right. from the season. Not, not just in general, any season. Nobody wants to get to the elimination race and have right. to win. But every driver we talked to after last round said it's going to be a track position race. It's going to be really important to qualify well. And so you want to go out there and win before them. Yeah. And, and I think that's the, the feeling that this team yeah. has had all along. And if I'm Christopher <laughs> Bell, I'm like, can I catch a break yeah. during this <laughs> playoff? I know. But I, 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 laughed, I, laughed, I was laughing when you said that Martinsville may not be his best place to win. So let's go to the Roval, Ro- right. road course with Christopher Bale yeah, and Toyota. That. Oh, I my gosh. That. Oh, my God. All, everything pointed as you're out. Point also being, though, that at Miami, he should be excellent. Yes. Like that, running the top of a racetrack, yep. that is yeah. his deal. I mean, yeah. that, if you want to pick a racetrack for – Christopher Bell to go win at I would go. I go Kansas. I would go Vegas. I would go Miami. I think I think he has a real good shot to be able to make it yes. happen. Well, we know in the NASCAR Xfinity Series, there's already one driver in the championship four, and that would be Josh Berry. We'll talk to the junior motorsports driver who also has a new contract yeah. to stay at JRM. Talk to Josh Berry after the big win at Vegas next. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed. Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. NASCAR Xfinity Series playoffs from Las Vegas. The winner of this race last year is the leader of this race this year. If Josh Berry can take it to the end today, he will automatically clinch a spot in the championship four. He has led 64 laps today, and he will go back to back in Vegas. Hell yeah, Josh, you are the man. I mean, my goal is to make the championship four. A bold move and a quick car put Josh Berry in the championship four. Congratulations on the big win. But, you know, you, you brushed the wall there when you got around A.J. Allmendinger. Were you thinking at that moment, Josh, uh-oh, we might have cost ourselves a shot to win here? <laughs> yeah, um, that's definitely not how I drew it up. We uh, we had been really good on the restarts really all day. Um, had, a, had a phenomenal one uh, on that one. Got a couple spots. Uh, kind of things went my way on that one. And, um was trying to get to AJ's right rear and just kind of ran out of real estate. Um, you know, it was, uh, it was probably, I mean, it was really more on me than anything. I think I just kind of misjudged on how much space I had off the turn four, but, uh, you know, it worked out. Like I said, I knew I had to be aggressive. I think that, well, I felt like we were in a position where we could potentially point our way in, but really we would be a lot, a lot better if we could win. So, uh, for us, yeah, it was, a, it was a day that we, you know, really just couldn't, uh, couldn't uh, grow up any better. Well, you locked yourself into the championship four with that win at Las Vegas. And with this playoff format, every year in every series, when a playoff driver wins the first race of this last round, they say, man, they are carefree <laughs> for the next couple of weeks. They can focus on Phoenix. How true is that in the sense, like, how much focus are you putting on this weekend's race versus anything you need to start do doing to prepare yourself for the championship race at Phoenix. 
Right. I think, I mean, it's really hard to, hard to say, obviously, I think it's a great, great situation to be in, to be locked in and know that we, we are headed to Phoenix. Um, you know, I even think back to, you know, when I raced and, and worked on my own late model car, right? Like, like I always prepared for every race the same. So I don't think that we, you know, we need to over prepare for this, for Phoenix or under prepare for the next couple of weeks. I think we just stick to what we've been doing and just uh, having the peace of mind and knowing that we're already already going to Phoenix and that, uh, you know, our guys can put a little bit, you know, they're going to still, you know, look ahead a little bit more than normal, right? You're going to, you're going to work on that car a little bit more, take a little closer look at it, have a little bit more time to work out the logistics of the week of the travel, obviously having, uh, you know, there's lots of family and friends that have already reached out to me that, you know, want to be a part of that day and, and having time to, to do all that stuff. It, it definitely, you know, it definitely makes it easier. So, um, you know, we're, we're excited for it. I think we're looking forward to these next few weeks. Um, you know, I've told you, I've told everybody that I talked to, I felt like the round of eight was going to be a really good opportunity for us. And, um, you know, we proved it right. So now we just got to, we got to go to Phoenix and, and try to finish the thing off. Yeah. Okay. So first I saw that video on social media. How many, uh, and never mind. You got a million Osco uh, uh, trophies on that, on that show. <laughs> every one of them, every one of them. It's, it's fascinating to watch that. But here's my question. You've been beating this horse your whole life to get to this point. Mm. And, and everybody refers to it. Now you're an overnight sensation after all this time. What does it feel like to put in those years and now be headed to Phoenix with a shot at an Xfinity championship? Yeah, it's a it's a huge moment. I think, you know, each part of my career has just been so unique. And the last couple of years have been just such a whirlwind. I feel like it's, uh, you know, it's hard to really even put that into words. I think, you know, when I first got my opportunity in the Xfinity series again uh, last year, you know, it was just about just trying to survive, right? Just have, having some, build some momentum, have some good runs, you know, was able to get my first win. And then once that was, you know, that was accomplished, it was about trying to become full-time in the series, you know, working, trying to find more partners and, and, and doing everything that it takes to that. And then, you know, over, over the off season and, and going into this year, I mean, it was a big focus of uh, ours to try to, make the championship four, right? Like that's, that's a goal that started for us when we sat down, you know, this time last year and, and you put that, put that into words and writing and then work over the course of an off season and all season long building, winning races, uh, locking into the playoffs, you know, getting some playoff points, everything that goes along with that to accomplish a goal like that is a big deal. And, um, you know, we feel like we're in a great spot going to Phoenix. You know, we're nobody's looking at us. Nobody's really expecting us to do it. We just can go race and do what we do. And and I uh, think, you know, you never know what could happen. So you're back with JRM. The other big news of the week. Congrats uh, on the new deal. So you had a, you had a chance to go do some different things, maybe to branch out on your own. But you chose to stay with JRM. Why? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's this is where, you know, I've raced for a long time. And obviously I'm a part of the family there and love love being a part of, of Junior Motorsports and, and have been for a long time. So, you know, really with the success that we've had this year, um, with everything that's in that everything that's in place there and and like I said, the speed that our race cars have had, I mean, you know, it obviously then it's a no brainer that if we could all make it work and 
you know, thankfully, uh, you know, we announced today too, the tire pros will be back with us again next year. So that's really exciting. And we're going to have some more announcements over the next couple months. And, um, you know, we're excited to, to finish the season off, but, and it's, it's obviously uh, really reassuring to be back, back next year as well. Well, congrats to you on the win, yep. the seat in the championship for the contract. A lot of good stuff happening, man. Yeah, we'll man. see you in Miami. Congratulations. Thank you, guys. All right, bud. Josh Berry joining us here. So into the championship for Kyle. Here's the Xfinity Series playoff standings heading yeah. into middle cool. race in the round of eight. This is, uh, this is crazy to me. Uh, and, and, you know, you've got Josh Berry, who's won. Um, Noah Gregson could go there and point his way in and be yes, safe yeah. by Plus the time 17, we go he's to, in. To, 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 be in, to Phoenix. So who does that eliminate? Who does that eliminate? When we look at Ty Gibbs, when we look at Justin Algar, and if an Austin Hill jumps in here and wins this race and can win this race. Yes, he can. Can yeah. win this race. Uh, it is so close. AJ and those guys, even though you're 16, 20 points out in this series, it's a totally different ballgame, man. It's a totally different ballgame. Boy, Cam, I did not see AJ Allmendinger losing 38 no. points no. in one race that at all. Wild. And I get the sense hanging around him that he knows if you made him put true serum in him, he knows this is yeah. his shot and probably his only real shot to win a NASCAR championship. Moving the cup full-time next year, he probably won't be back in Xfinity full-time. Yeah. Is there maybe more pressure on him and this team than, than, pe- than people realize? You know, if you talk to AJ, he'll say no, because he'll say there, <laughs> he went a decade thinking he was never going to win again yeah. in NASCAR, and all of this is icing on the cake. But we also see the very emotional AJ yeah. when he's not performing, the one that's tough on himself that is just basically – Debbie Downer, so I think there is a lot of pressure on him. So we're looking at AJ below the cut line. I'm going to go as far as to say, like, it wouldn't surprise me if if two of the big names that we've been talking about mm, all season yeah. don't make it in, and that's Ty Gibbs. Plus 25 doesn't make me feel safe headed into Homestead yeah. and Martinsville. Good point. So you could have a situation where you only have, you know, two of your main guys, meaning if, you know, Gregson locks himself in and then Barry's already there, they're out. Yeah. The other two are out. It's, it's crazy because, honestly, you look at this. And, I mean, and Brandon Jones won Martinsville in the spring. That's what I was going to say. You look at this. Brandon Jones, A.J., and, and Austin Hill. Either, yeah. These three guys could go to the race, go, go the next two weeks, and win. One could win. Yeah, sure. One could win. Home yeah. State, right. one could win. And then Noah point himself in, and Justin and Ty Gibbs are out. Yeah. And they, they've been the guys all year. I mean, Austin, it's crazy. Yeah, Austin Hill's team won last year with Myatt, yes. and yeah. they were top exactly. five the entire exactly. night. So, and, and I want to bring up this point to Kim's point. Ty Gibbs is, is, has zero, zero race experience at Miami yep. and is not very fond of running the wall. So, yep. Kyle, when you look at Homestead Miami and how difficult this track <laughs> is, where does this rank in terms of tracks that are hard to run because you've got to run – I mean, we're talking inches yeah. from the wall and, all day and long. It, and it's a tough place because that's where the groove has moved. The groove has mm-hmm. moved up to the wall. It's tough to run the wall. You watch Kyle Larson, um, uh, Tyler Reddick, guys like that. They just make it look easy. They, they make it look easy. Justin Allgaier makes it look easy, man. He just pops it up there and rides along, and you show mm-hmm. the end car, and he's in there just humming along. But it's not easy. You've got to feel that cushion. There's a feel that you feel in your hands, in your seat. You feel as you sit there. So it's a tough place to be. And it's a tough place to be when you've got to do it, learn, and yeah. beat all these other guys yeah. that are already comfortable And you've comfortable never done it. it before. And you've never done it before. So yeah. it's going to be interesting to see what he does. Yeah, this could be a real turning point for Ty Gibbs. We'll yes. see what happens. When we come back, let's dive further into Homestead Miami Speedway and the Cup Series. We'll preview what we expect there this weekend, middle race in the round of eight. Back with more. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? 
also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This is Miami. The beaches, the water, the palm trees. But at 180 miles per hour with your biggest rival breathing down your neck and a championship on the line, it's no time to relax. What do you say, fellas? Can you handle the heat? It's a must-win situation. The NASCAR playoffs continue at Miami on NBC. Sports starting uh, with the Dell Junior Download. Eric Jones on this Thursday. It'll mm. be a good show. Yeah, and then you can't miss Race for the Championship Thursday right after that. Well, not right after 10 p.m. All your favorites on there. I'm on there. Nate Ryan, as well as you know, mm. that, that Race for the Championship's a big deal. Absolutely. MotoGP <laughs> Malaysia, that championship's coming down to it as well. That's on CNBC on Sunday. And then the Cup Race on NBC. You can catch us post race on Peacock right here. So, Kyle. Mile and a half tracks has been where the two cars really shined. Everybody's concerned, though, that at the test, everyone was up against the wall. Yeah. Is that a concern that passing will be difficult on Sunday? Everybody's trying to run the same so, groove. Yeah, that's a great question. But we see it the same thing at Bristol. Everybody needs to run up next to the wall. Right. And you see, you find your way around. You catch somebody in traffic. You, you catch somebody. And it's, it's, it's typical with these cars and, and in this day and time. It's all about mistakes. You get around the guy in front of you when he makes a mistake. If he doesn't make a mistake, you don't get around him. That's how tough it is. Restarts will be psychotic because you've got to get everything you can on a restart. If we're just going to start and be six wide when we get to turn one, but then we all got to be in line up next to the wall by the time we get to turn two, it's going to be crazy. But as this place, the later in the day, the way things work, uh, the the group will move around here. It's still going to be fast up next to the wall. Don't get me wrong. But if you wear it out up there, you're going to have to find better grip somewhere else. You saw some Xfinity cars there. The Cup race expects yeah. to be wild as well with the next-gen cars. So let's break down a couple of drivers specifically. Kim, Team Penske was so good at the Miami test. Yes. Obviously, Joey Logano was that so car good. that was good. Yeah. They were very fast. Logano <laughs> has now won. Can, can his teammate Ryan Blaney finish a race? That's my question. Based on what we've seen this season, it's a no for me. It's been 43 races since he has won in the Cup Series. And I'm wow. not counting, I'm not counting the yeah. All-Star race. It's called Mamba. Yeah, yeah. call Mamba. Mamba <laughs> wants to defend that the All-Star race counts. It does not count. Uh. And we just see mistake after mistake. You know, they, they have been consistent. But when they're in these do-or-die situations, they aren't a team yeah. for me that is able yeah. to perform. I, I don't know if Ryan gets in his head or what. And I'm thinking against the wall, lap after yep. lap, just like we saw in Vegas, could see a late race mistake from from Ryan. Now that's not to say they they won't go out and win a stage or two. Yeah. But I don't see them winning this weekend at Homestead. Mm, that would be a tough road if they were able to make it the championship four without winning this race. I think. But let's talk about Chase Elliott, Kyle. I mean, they have the first race of every round has not been kind to them. <laughs> Chase they, Elliott. Yeah. Is yeah. he still running this year? Yes, he is. Still oh running. my yes, goodness! I didn't know it. I don't know what Chase it is Elliott. About the Chase, Chase Elliott's that guy round. this year. We've talked about the first race of every round. He, yeah playing poker he just gives you all his chips back he's like here let's distribute my chips out I, I don't know what has happened to him the first race in every round but somehow 
those stage points, those points have got him through. Will those points get him through this time? And that's the big question for me because I don't see Chase coming in into to Homestead. I don't see Chase going into to Martinsville and, and being that car because he's just – there's no switch. There's not that magic switch that yep. you flip and all of a sudden, man, I'm back in championship form. He's not been in championship form the last six or seven races yeah. when we really look at it. Um, even though there's been flashes, but it's not been the championship form that we've seen from some other guys. So uh, I struggle with, with where to put Chase because I put him in my final four every time from the very beginning uh, and when we picked going into the 16. But it, it's going to be tough for him uh, to survive. If he's plus seven going into Martinsville, does he make the championship that's four, tough. yes or no? That, that's tough, man. I, 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 I'm that's telling you. That's too close for me, man. I know. That's too close for comfort. Kim, I, I love the story you love, and that's Chase Briscoe. Yes. It, should people be paying more attention to the 14 team? No, because uh, <laughs> it's benefit them for people not to pay attention. That's They've good. been kind of this sleeper, and they've had this run where people are not paying attention, and they're able to get through each round, each elimination race we get to, and they're in the hole and they dig themselves out. Briscoe's got top tens in the last four races. You go to a place like Homestead, he's not afraid to run the wall. Yep, not afraid. He was so good at the end of the Las Vegas race. And at one point in the race, he, was he not a lap down? Yes, he yeah. was. And yes. Stage he, one. He surged back. It finishes yep. in the top five. And we didn't see that from other cars, like the yep. other Chase. Yep. Chase Elliott hardly even talked about him at Las yep. Vegas. And so for me, this this team could sneak their way, and I don't even know if at this point sneak is a fair word. It's not a fair word. They got to see him coming by now. They can get into the championship four, and they won at Phoenix over this year. So real threat for me. Really good point, Uh, KP. The payback has not happened. Your boy Ross Chastain. Ross Chastain. (laughs) You said in Darlington would be in the championship four. Might happen. Plus eighteen. What do his next two weeks need to look like to make it there? So it needs to look like Vegas. It just needs to look like I think he showed up at Vegas. Okay, that's the Ross of old. We saw yep. some yeah. we saw some gutsy moves, getting taking three wide, getting in the corner, doing some things. It's that aggressive Ross, and that's what we need to see when we get to Homestead, and that's what we need to see when we get to Martinsville that'll take him to Phoenix and give them those guys a shot. Trackhouse Racing has overperformed this year. They are the guys this year. Uh, there's two races left in this round, Kim. William Byron has won the last race at both of those tracks. So how do you feel about William Byron? Not in a very good points position right now, but he is really good at these two racetracks. He is. This is all I'll say about William Byron. He's the best Hendrick car still in the championship <laughs> contention. <laughs> oh, that was good, though. That, that was, was not a very positive po- statement. <laughs> I'm going to take it as a positive. I'm you do? Right. I, got, I think Lord Byron's going to make it. You I, do? I'm, I'm, yeah, listen, right. I, he just... This is, good a kid, uh, this is a kid yeah. that, just as Jeff Gordon, there's been some big moments in his career where he had to step up and make something happen, and he has. He's got to make something happen in these next two races. Denny Hamlin plus six. Denny, listen, I, I'm, I'm tired of betting against Denny Hamlin. Denny okay. Hamlin is, right. is there. He's just, he has been quietly just knocking off those fours, those fists, yeah. not leading races, not dominating, not the Denny Hamlin of old that we've seen. But I think he'll be a guy that, if he doesn't win, he's going to point his way there. He said this round, every racetrack for them is P1. Yeah, yeah well, I, I can't argue with that. And I yeah. think the racetrack just get better yeah. for him as he goes along as well yeah. with uh, Miami and Martin to left. All right, real quick. KP, who's your winner for Sunday? Uh, Joey Logano. Two in what? a row. Yes. Really? Yeah. He stood up and said, I'm the guy. And he's doubled down this week. 
to get it Even done. Even though they Phoenix. blew off their Miami yeah. sim session to go yeah. s- uh, make That's, it Phoenix. Who you I got? That happening. I'm going Redick. He was my pick on Monday. Going to stick All with right. it. I'm going Kyle Larson this weekend. Coming back after the big weekend. Look forward to seeing you guys from Miami. 1.30 Eastern on NBC for the Cup Series race on Sunday. See you then. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.